Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis. Back here from vacation with you for the next hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every weekday from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can find all my work fulltimefantasy.com as I'll get back into the swing of things this week with some baseball content, some football content as well. And we got you covered. Got the waiver wire report from Sean Childs looking at all the Hot pickups in fantasy baseball, and we'll talk about some of those pickups and look at some of the results over the weekend on the waiver wire. It turned it to be a pretty big week, especially looking at some closers after it has been a little quiet on the closer front for a few weeks. Of course, we have tons of excellent fantasy football content as drafts are underway, best balls are going strong, and we're getting closer to the beginning of the season as we will be in July next week. So I know a lot of people feel like, oh, it's too early for football. It never is. You know, you really need to get prepared now. You don't want it to sneak up on you, especially when you're in very competitive league. So we have uh, in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs, one of the top high-stakes players around. AFC is done, and he's uh, into the NFC right now looking at the Minnesota Vikings. So you can check that out. Dr. Roto has his training camp questions. Look at the New England Patriots. So plenty of content there. And if you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards or the forums. Uh, so check it out. Of course, we got you covered for DFS with baseball, write-ups every day, Slack chat leading up to lineup lock, and, of course, the optimizer helping you out as we have a light schedule tonight here to kick off the week, seven-game slate, uh, but there's still money to be made and a couple of uh, interesting spots, too. Uh, Wrigley Field, wind blowing out, so could be a ton of runs out going on there tonight. Also, you can head on over to playffwc.com to get involved in the draft right now. We have a starter basketball draft going on tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 24-round draft. 90-second clock, it is best ball, so all you have to do is draft your team, and that's it. No lineup setting, no waivers, no trades, nothing. All you do is draft your team, and you know a lot of people are doing this a lot more because we love to draft. I mean, drafting is probably one of the most exciting parts of the season, but some people are not equipped to do five, six, seven, eight, nine leagues with waivers every week on a Tuesday, Wednesday. Now, I do it. Doc does it, but, you know, this is what we do. Uh, a lot of people out there have a lot of work obligations, families, and maybe you can only handle two or three leagues because it's intense with the waiver wire. I mean, imagine trying to go through 10 leagues on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night doing waivers. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. 
Uh, you have to be real diligent and pay attention. You want to make sure that you don't miss someone. You don't want to wake up or look at the, the waiver wire results that night and go, this guy was there? I had no idea. So a way to get around that and still have some stake in the game is doing these best ball drafts. And especially now, you can get some really good value. And, of course, you know injuries are going to happen and there's some risk. And, you know, you could be hit with bad luck. It happens to me all the time in the draft champion leagues and baseball. I mean, there are times where I can barely get nine pitchers in a given week. But uh, it's another avenue to participate in the game. And it's a lot of fun. So I always do those best ball drafts as my prep. I don't do any mock drafts anymore. It's all best ball. I'm in the middle of one right now. Should be on the clock in a little bit. Have three picks in the book. But, yeah, we have slow drafts as well. We got a starter slow best ball draft league, four-hour clock, seven spots remaining. That one, another one that's, uh, you know, one's 35 bucks, one's 99, eight spots there. So as soon as these fill, they will go. We got drafts all throughout the week, uh, online championship drafts, uh, dynasty startups, best ball, whatever it is we have. So check it out, playffwc.com. I'll have Frank Stample from FNTSY. He will join me in the next segment. We'll talk some NBA with him. Uh, obviously, I was away, so we didn't really wrap up the NBA season. So we'll talk a little bit about the championship, a little bit about the draft, and talk some baseball with him. Uh, we do have no afternoon baseball today, which is kind of a good thing here. I like Mondays with no afternoon baseball. A lot of times I have said that I want afternoon baseball every day. But the reason why is I am in a league or two where – it locks for the week at first pitch, and I think it's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, you have to get your league software to change it, your commissioner, or do a different format because it should be first pitch of that player's game because we have a lot of tough decisions this week where we don't have the answers right now. I don't even know what I'm doing with some of these guys. So that's why we need more information, and obviously in the next hour or two, we're going to get – Hopefully, some information as the reporters are led into the locker room and some of these questions are going to be asked because we're trying to figure out what to do with some of these players this week. For example, Mike Clevenger, is he going to start this week? He was placed on the injured list last week. Remember, he came off with the upper back strain, pitched in Texas, wasn't too bad, uh, started off well, maybe got a little fatigued, and we know Texas is a tough place to pitch, but he did hurt his ankle in that game, and apparently it was enough where it prevented him from making his next start. But there's a lot of speculation that he will miss the minimum amount of time, and that would mean he would be eligible to pitch on Friday. But unfortunately, we don't have that news right now. The Indians do play tonight at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Adam Pluko is on the mound. So there's a chance that you know reporters go in there and, ask about Clevenger and maybe we get it before lineup block, but this is a critical decision. And I got to say right now, I have Clevenger in four leagues. I don't know what I'm going to do in one league. He's on the injured list. So I would have to drop someone and activate him. Uh, another league, it's a daily league. So I don't have to worry about it today. Uh, but the other three are all weekly leagues and just not sure what I'm going to do just yet. So this is why we kind of need to wait. We have a few hours, and maybe we'll get an indication of whether he'll be able to pitch on Friday. But that's a big decision to be made. You know, another one is Byron Buxton. Is he going to be returning from the injured list earlier in the week? And we don't know on that one, and the Twins don't play today. So we probably won't get that news. You might have to wait till tomorrow. And that's why it's important where you're in a league where it allows you 
first pitch of the week. So there are Joey Gallo's another one too. He could be back sometime this week. So it's always tricky in these week leagues. And I'm speaking more to the leagues where you don't have the midweek changes. You know, in the NFBC, you are eligible to make those changes with your offensive players on a Friday, but a lot of other leagues, you can't do it. Like Tout Wars, you can't uh, play at another league where it's you have to set your lineup for the week uh, now or before the first pitch. And those are the leagues where it's tough to make a decision. So hopefully we get some word on some of those players today. Uh, some closer changes going on. And one is the ace with Blake Trinan going on the injured list. And I think the warning signs were here. Now, last year, Blake Trinan was a guy that I wanted across the board in all my leagues. I thought he was the best value at closer. I got him in a lot of leagues. And it, it turned out to be... I don't think it was a, I don't know if I want to say a league winning pick, but it really helped you. I mean, to get a closer as late as you did last year with Blake Tron and for him to put up the dominant numbers that he did was a real, real advantage. And everyone knows this. Uh, I'm in a position this year, too, where there are leagues where I'm just in trouble at saves. Like the great fantasy baseball invitational, I have no closers right now. It's bad. So. That's a league with an overall championship, so I'm screwed there. And even in the league, it's hurting me. So last year in that format, I had Blake Trident, and that's why I was able to finish uh, near the top. I think it was top 10. I don't even remember. But, yeah, won my league, and that's why I was able to be in the Champions League this year. Uh, but Blake Trident is someone I didn't want this year. I mean, most people had him ranked as the number one closer. He was going to cost you a lot in auctions. So it's not that I didn't like Blake Trident. I didn't like the cost, and that's what happens a lot in fantasy. It's not that you dislike players. You dislike their price and what you have to pay for him. So we all knew Trinan was not going to repeat what he did last year. 0.78 ERA. He barely allowed any home runs. I mean, think about it. He allowed two home runs in 80 and a third innings last year for a closer. Unbelievable. A 0.83 whip. So we all knew he wasn't going to repeat that. But clearly something hasn't been right. If you look at a lot of numbers, the walks way up. Uh, he just, there wasn't as much movement on his pitches. And he was a guy I watched a lot last year because his stuff was filthy, velocity slightly down too. So we knew there was something wrong, and of course he came out and said, yeah, been pitching through some some pain, and I'm worried about this. I think this could be a, a long-term injury. Now, Trevino was a guy a lot of people liked. Maybe sorry because he had closer experience, but this is what we say every year with the bullpens, is you never know who is going to emerge. And of all the names that look to be the closer right now, Liam Hendricks, who would have thought this before the year? I got to say, though, I'm buying in. Uh, he's pitched very well. Uh, I was pretty aggressive. I got him in Top Wars for 73 bucks because that's a league where I can use his second closer. Uh, I only have one closer, well, official one right now, Roberto Osuna. I got Blake Parker and A.J. Minter, who I picked up last week as a speculative play. And Minter did get me two wins this past week. But I guess it's not even a lock that he is the guy to close either if they do move on. Luke Jackson has really struggled lately. And he gave up a run yesterday despite getting the saves. Minter did get the win. Minter's still issuing some walks. And Anthony Swarzak has been really good. It's amazing. We see this all the time with bullpen arms. Swarzak was terrible for Seattle. He's gone to Atlanta and he's pitched well. So maybe that's a dark horse. But the point is that every year there's always a few guys that kind of emerge out of nowhere that we had no idea would close. Hansel Robles was another one. And I wrote a – I thought a good article about Robles uh, – I think it was May, right around the time Cody Allen was struggling, and everyone was on Ty Butchery. And I said, you got to look at how teams, 
they tipped their hands a lot. And if you looked at the way things were going with Robles, the Angels were pointing in the direction of we're going to go with him as closer. Even though Ty Butchery was the better arm and had the better numbers, but you got to remember it's what the manager decide. It's not who the best arm is. But Hendricks has been good this year. I mean, he's got a 1.49 ERA. The walk rate's a little bit high right now. It's at 10.1%, but strikeouts at 29.8%. And, you know, he's done a, a good job so far. And now it's different when you're placed in that closer role, but his velocity's up. He's throwing 95 with his fastball. So, you know, it's Trevino hasn't been good. Soria hasn't been good. They brought in Hendricks for the same opportunity the other day. So I think it's going to be him. Now, if he goes out there and gets an opportunity tonight and blows it, okay, what do they do? Do they give him another chance or do they go elsewhere? So there's definitely some risk here. But I did uh, pick him up in a couple leagues, and uh, I had, came up a little bit short in a couple others. But I think Hendricks is going to be the guy. And I am worried uh, definitely about Blake Trinan. Uh I think this might be something that can last a little bit longer and maybe keep him out an extended period of time. So – I think you had to be pretty aggressive if you needed a closer uh, and, and take the shot. And part of the reason why I did 73 in tout was I had the second most money left. And I thought that the category is saves is something that I could move up in. And if Hendricks gets the job and he has it for now and he can keep it and he's the closer even for a month and gets me six saves, that could be a difference. You know what happened to me in town a couple years ago where I picked up Wilhelmson for Seattle. He only got like six saves, but it helped me win the league. It was a big difference. So uh, that's how close that category is. And especially if a, a team ahead of you, they lose a closer and they don't get the replacement. You can move up. So Hendricks is a guy that I like. The Cardinals closer, this is a little bit more dicey here. Uh, Hicks out, obviously, with this triceps injury, going for an MRI. Certainly, the Cardinals are saying they don't think it's a big deal. I'm actually surprised they have not already put him on the injured list. Maybe it's not that serious. I don't know, but they have five games this week. And I think they have three days off in the next eight days, so he wouldn't miss too many games. Why don't you just be safe? But they haven't made any move yet. Uh, it seemed like the indication from the GM Mosaliak was that John Gant would be the guy, and Gant's been tremendous this year. But he came in last night. It wasn't a safe situation, but they were trailing 2 nothing in the ninth against the Angels. And he was awful, just all over the place. Now, he's a guy that doesn't get a ton of strikeouts. He's got a 2.4 ERA, even after the bad performance yesterday. But he doesn't have the typical strikeouts that you want at a close of 24.2%. But he's been good this year. So I thought he'd be the guy, and I did pick him up in one league. But they do have Carlos Martinez, who I guess they could put in that role as well. Uh, Andrew Miller with closer experience, although he hasn't been as good. So I think Ganta Martinez... Could be owned. Uh, I probably lean towards Gant, but again, this is a situation where just not 100% sure just yet what they're going to do, but both those guys should be owned right now in case Hicks misses an extended period of time. In Tampa Bay, uh, we saw Diego Castillo land on the injured list, and he was just performing terribly, and I have him in one league where he hasn't been in my lineup. I've been going with uh, Brad Hand and Hector Neris. But I wanted to have Castillo on the bench just in case, you know, a 15-team league, very difficult to get saves. Like anyone who is even a threat to potentially land the job, they're picked up like weeks in advance. So had Castillo, and I had planned to drop him even before he was placed on the injured list because he's been bad. So now Emilio Pagan looks to be the guy there in Tampa Bay, although it is Tampa Bay, and they really don't name a closer. 
The other guy to keep an eye on is Alvarado, who obviously has been away with the team with a personal issue. And then I think he was sent down to the minor league. So, uh, you know, if Khan's out there, you pick him up. Uh, he's been really good this year. 1.23 ERA. Uh, he's allowed two home runs at 29 in the third innings, and that's pretty important in this environment with the ball being juice flying out. He's got a 32.4% strikeout rate, a 7.2% walk rate. So he's pitched really well. I think Alvarado eventually, I mean, should should be the guy. I know he struggled for a little bit, uh, but I think he certainly will wind up being close. Or maybe it's Pagan and Alvarado who both get shots like we've kind of seen uh, earlier in the year. Uh, the other big story from the weekend is Mike fulton which was sent down to the minor leagues. And look, I was not on fulton which before the year, even before the injury. And maybe the injury was a factor here with him, but I just thought last year was a career year. Early on, he was going in the fourth, fifth round. Even after that, I just didn't want him. I was worried about the injury, and he clearly has just not been right. I mean, a 6.37 ERA, and they actually stuck with him for quite a bit, giving him 11 starts, a 19% strikeout rate, way down from last year's 27.2%. Whip was high. He was just killing your team. And uh, there was weeks where he had two starts, and I said, you can't use him. Just because a guy has two starts doesn't mean you can use him. And uh, Fulton A. would down to the minor leagues. When we return, we'll talk a little bit more baseball and some NBA Frank Stample from the FNTSY Network. He joins me next. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis back here after a vacation, going to Barcelona and Ibiza. 
June is usually a good time to take a vacation right before the start of the fantasy football madness. And speaking of that, we have you covered at FullTimeFantasy.com. We got in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs as he's ran through all the AFC teams now. The latest, a look at the Minnesota Vikings. So you can check that out now. It's really good stuff, especially this is a good time to get started, you know, right before training camp begins. You know, sometimes you forget where players are and the numbers they put up last year. This is the time to do research to get acclimated and remember what happened last year because when you're playing baseball, basketball, or just taking a break, there's some people that only play fantasy football get a break. You kind of need to get a refresher course, and this is the perfect spot to get it. Dr. Odo continues to look at his training camp questions, the latest look at the Patriots. Uh, I'll have a ton of football content coming up. I'll be taking part this week in the – FSGA fantasy football draft on Thursday. I got the number two pick in that one, so we'll review that one. I'll have a write-up as well, but you can check it all out, fulltimefantasy.com. Joining me now, it is Frank Stanfel from FNTSY. Frank, what is up? Ronis, what's going on, man? You've missed a lot since you've been gone. How was your vacation? It was good, man. It flies by. I guess that's just the way life is in general, but it seemed like it went pretty quick, and, you know, I think, you know how it is, what a grind it is during fantasy sports, and I'm not complaining because I love it. And, you know, I was still following everything when I was there, but when you play basketball, baseball, football like we do, you need to find a way to take a break. And there were years that I never did, that I would just not take a vacation, and you need to get away a little bit, and uh, hopefully you're able to do that yourself. Yeah, I do plan to go away uh, this summer in August. Not really the best time. because August? What are you doing? That's when everything's ramping up for football. But I have an excuse, Ronis. I'm going away to Poland because uh, my fiance and her family are from there. And it's it's her grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary. So, you know, I can't really decide when their anniversary is. I yeah, realize... you can. You could say, look, <laughs> I have to work. Can you push it to July? Right before training camp starts. Yeah, that would have been a lot better. I, I'm like, I'm actually conflicted because I, I want to go away, obviously. Like you said, like, we need some time away. I'm excited to, like, go to another country, but at the same time, like, there's so much stuff going on during that time with, like, fantasy football and, like, the NFL. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, how long will you be away? Uh, one week. Okay, that's not terrible. And I don't, I don't know what the time difference there. Spain, Barcelona was six hours ahead. Six hours ahead. So how did, how did that work for you, uh, you know, trying to keep up with uh, baseball and uh, the NBA draft, right? I think you missed the NBA draft. Uh, well, the NBA draft I missed, unfortunately, because uh, I was traveling. But the NBA finals, so I left on a Wednesday night, and I got to Barcelona at 2 p.m. their time. And that night was game six. And game six started there at 3 a.m. So I barely slept on the plane, was traveling. So I was pretty exhausted when I got there. And obviously you get there, you walk around, uh, you know, look at some things, kind of get acclimated to the area, kind of figure out, okay, what are we going to do the next couple days? So I was exhausted. And I said, I can't miss the NBA finals, man. So Instead of taking a nap, I said, you know what? I'm going to stay awake. First, I need to make sure that it's on the television in the hotel. Otherwise, I'm going to have to now try and go find somewhere. And I was hoping. I'm like, well, Marcus Gasol's in it. He's from Spain. <laughs> but I don't know how, how much they care about it, you know? But even though they are big basketball fans there, uh, they've done well, right? Obviously, in the, uh, in the Olympics. Uh, so uh, I found this feed, and uh, the game was on. I'm like, okay, good. They did like a pregame. And the one thing that was interesting there 
during the game is they never went to commercial. So they just showed the arena, the bench, the fans. They never showed the commercials there, even though it was the feed that we see with the announcers in America. Wow, that is weird. That is yeah. uh, that that is weird how they uh, how they do the commercial breaks. There, so but. I just stayed up and I watched it, and obviously when the Clay Thompson thing happened, it just woke me up. I was like, oh my goodness! I was like, that looks bad. And then he goes to the locker room, then he comes back out, shoots the free throws, and I'm like, well, he had to to have a shot to stay in the game. But I didn't think he was coming back, and you know, it was just it sucked the life out of them. And I we had this discussion, and I told you, I said, all right, if the Raptors win this series, are they going to get the proper credit? Or is everyone going to say, well, it was injuries? What do you know? I put some things out on Twitter, and a bunch of it was, oh, come on. It was injuries. If Duran and Thompson went healthy, they would have won. And you could say that, and I agree. I think if Duran and Thompson were healthy, the Warriors would win. But the Warriors were in the same position the other side a couple of times. No one said anything. Why is that? I, it's a good question, Ronis. It's a great question. Look, uh, I agree with you. It's... You know, it is unfortunate. We we called it. We said, look, if the if the Raptors end up winning, that's gonna they're gonna that's what they're gonna blame is that the injuries. And obviously, look, you take two All NBA talents off their team like uh, Kawhi, Le- uh, like Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, and, and obviously that's going to affect the outcome. But you're right, man. Like, I, it was just crazy how like in one series, basically the Golden State Warriors, because of all these injuries, kind of became this underdog story. Meanwhile, for years, everyone's saying, oh, well, I want the Warriors to lose. I want the Warriors to lose. You know, I want, I want a new team to, to, be, to be in the NBA Finals and, you know, to dethrone the Warriors. And then all these injuries occur, and it seems like they almost took on this identity of like, a, of like an underdog, pretty much. And, you know, with everything that was going on with Durant and him trying to play and then re-injuring himself, it was just, I, I don't know that we've ever seen, or at least, you know, in recent memory, I, I don't know that we've seen you know that much of a roller coaster in terms of the NBA Finals involving storylines and and the ups for the Warriors, the downs for the Warriors, all these injuries taking place and the and the residual effects that it has on the rest of the NBA, Ronis. Because now we're talking about free agency and you know is, where's Durant gonna go? Is he mad at the Warriors for allowing him to play? I mean, there's just like so many different storylines. I don't know that we've ever had that much in one Finals. With with how much it affected everything else and the entire landscape of the NBA for years to come, so uh, it was just crazy. It was a crazy finals. I, I think people in the end started rooting for the Warriors because they had all these injuries, and and that's why you see some of those responses. Yeah, I thought the Warriors were going to win Game Six, and I think they would have if Clay finished it out. But I once he went down, I I knew they were done. I mean, we said that if Clay didn't play. They weren't going to win. And they still uh, had a good look, Ronis. I mean, that look for Curry, that was a good yeah. look. No, it was, for sure. And, uh, you know, still, I think you do got to give Toronto credit because uh, they won. I mean, yeah, they, were, they did their job. I mean, what are they supposed to do? Yeah, even in the games with Klay Thompson, you know, some, somewhat healthy. I mean, we won't know, like, how healthy he actually was because he was still kind of dealing with the hamstring injury. But even even with the games that he played, I mean, they had Draymond, they had Klay Thompson, they had Curry, and that was the same nucleus that had just swept the Blazers. And then heading into the finals, everyone's saying, oh, well, you know, do they even need Durant? And I think we were reminded, yes, of course, they need Durant. Like, anytime you can have, like, a Hall of Fame-level player on your team, you need him. And I think that, you know, everyone looked back at, oh, well, this was a 73-win team. They had their nucleus together. Remember, Ronis, even with those guys playing on the court together, the, Rop- 
the Raptors were dominating them. They were the better team on both sides of the court, offensively, defensively, you know, diving for loose balls and and making life difficult for Steph Curry and, and the rest of the team. And you really saw the lack of depth here for the Warriors, but uh, it was a great job by the Toronto Raptors. I'm not taking anything away from them. I thought I thought they did a great job. Yeah, and what do you think? With Kevin Durant, I mean, a lot of people are putting blame on the Golden State medical staff. Durant still had to go out there and play. Uh, where does the blame lie, or is there no way to place blame on anyone? It was just unfortunate. Well, you know, like Bob Myers said in that uh, in that very dramatic press conference, he said, "Look, if you if there's someone to blame, you know, point the fingers at me." Uh, but I think it's. Um I think it's all-encompassing. I think you can point the finger at multiple people. I don't think that it's just on him, although I do think a decent amount of the blame is on Bob Myers and, you know, potentially all these leaked reports coming out uh, days before about, you know, Warriors players saying that, you know, they think Durant is healthy enough to play. So, you know, does that go into the decision of Durant playing? Like, were they forcing him? Uh, so, you know, there's that. And then I thought it was a bad job by his agent, too. Look, Durant's going to get money no matter what, but this is a career-altering decision to have him play there. There. And I think, you know, from his perspective, from Durant's perspective, it's it's really a win-win situation. I understand. Look, you don't want to tear your you don't want to tear your Achilles, but if he plays and gets hurt, at least he can say, "Look, I left it all out there." And you know, it's before he did that, Ronus. You know, like everyone was criticizing him. Oh, he's soft. He has these burner accounts, and, and now it seems like he was almost a martyr for the for the Golden State Warriors. So I think from that perspective, uh, it almost completely changed the image of Kevin Durant. Did a 180 because before that, you know, me and you talked about this uh, consistently. Everyone was always uh, criticizing him, and some of the criticism he deserves, but but some of it probably was not warranted. Uh, and I think um, him trying to play that play that game really really changed the narrative uh, for Kevin Durant and his career. And I think if you leave it up to almost any player, they're going to go out there and try and win. Absolutely. And that's why the medical staff has to step in and make a decision. But if you're Golden State's medical staff. You know he's not coming back. You're going to see, yeah, you're good to go, right? I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, well, we're going to find out really shortly, huh? You know, uh, we're almost there. I think it's, what, like June 30th, 6 p.m. Players are allowed to uh, – free, free agency officially begins. And we're hearing all these rumors about Brooklyn and, and the Knicks. And we all know that Kevin Durant had his surgery here in New York. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like, if he has bad blood towards the Warriors for them, you know – trying to influence him, influencing him to play, then, yeah, he's not going to go back there. And I can't blame the guy one bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that too, right? Like, I use the analogy with uh, – this happens in football all the time. Teams saying that they're going to, you know, run a player into the ground because it's his final year of his contract. The Cowboys did it with DeMarco Murray, and, you know, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, really, does, does, does the team really care about Kevin Durant's future all that much? No. I mean, in the moment, they're trying to win a championship. So, and I think that that was part of his mindset as well. But at some point, someone has to protect the player from them from themselves, don't they, Ronis? Whether it's the agent, whether it's the GM, someone's got to be accountable, right? So, they they should have done a better job of that, I, or at least that's how I feel. Talking to Frank Stample from FNTSY, I saw some odds today, and right now Toronto is the favorite for Kawhi Leonard to sign there, slightly over. I think it was the Clippers next. Do you think there's a shot Kawhi goes back after winning a title in Toronto? 
Yeah, I do think there is. You know, he could do like one of these one-year opt-out kind of moves where next year they still pretty much have the same roster together, and then everything pretty much changes because, you know, Ibaka and Marcus Soler are going to be free agents next year. I believe Kyle Lowry is a free agent next year as well. So if he signs a, you know, one-year deal or a two-year deal with an opt-out for next year, um, I think that makes a lot of sense because – I think the way that the East is shaped up right now, and again, it could it could change depending on what happens in free agency, but, I mean, the Raptors are going to be in a really, really good position again next year with a lot of those same players on the roster. So if I think if Kawhi Leonard wants to win, if that's what he's about, then he will end up back with the Toronto Raptors. But if it's about comfort and, you know, being close to home, and we know he's from the West Coast and he played at San Diego State, uh, then then I, I think if that's what he wants, then he probably ends up with the Los Angeles Clippers. I know that, like, there's been reports that he's going to give the Knicks a visit, but, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is someone that, like, doesn't he, – he's not, like, a media-friendly guy. Why would he want to play in New York? It just – that doesn't really add up for me, Ronis. Yeah, that would be surprising for sure. Uh, I, I don't know what the Knicks do now because it's typical Knicks that, yeah, we're going to get Durant. He'll be here up. Oh, Tears his Achilles, so it's going to be very interesting to see what the Knicks do here with free agency. Yeah, and, and their justification for trading away Chris Porzingis was that it opened up two max free agent spots, and everyone was saying, well, we're not going to know who won this trade until we see what the Knicks do in free agency. Well, you know, if the Knicks end up with Julius Randle and uh, Patrick Beverly in free agency, Ronis, I don't think that that's going to be what they were expecting when they traded away Chris Porzingis. Uh, so we'll see, but, uh, you know, Look, even if they don't even if they don't sign any big names in free agency, I think I still think that they're moving in the right direction in terms of they're building through the NBA draft and I know it's a big market. We've been waiting for the Knicks to win for years. They haven't won a championship since like 1973. It's been a really really long time and you know they're a big market. They're expected to compete and it hasn't happened, but I think for once with with this regime that they have and in Steve Mills and Scott Perry, it seems like they are Fully invested in this rebuild for now. See what happens uh, in free agency. But they do. They have a, a lot of young players, Ronis. You excited about R.J. Barrett or what? Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you, not specifically about him, but uh, your quick takeaway of the draft from a fantasy perspective. Like Zion, where did you take him? Second, third round? Yeah, so I was actually just filming some uh, FanDuel videos with uh, with Greg Sussman and you know, we were talking about players to uh, players to draft and players to avoid uh, rookies heading into uh, fantasy basketball for next season. I, I I agree exactly with what you were just saying. I think he's like a late second, early third round pick. Is that warranted? Like, I know he has the defensive upside and he's going to be able to score and rebound, but still have some question marks with the free throw percentage. I, I think that he'll go there just because of the hype. I, I don't know that it'll be justified in year one. Obviously, look, keeper dynasty leagues, you know, he's like a top – five talent and I think that makes sense down the road I think he's going to be a really really special player does it happen in year one necessarily uh, I'm not so sure Ronis I think he's going to be someone that's uh that's really overdrafted would you would you take him there in that like late second early third round range I think I would I mean without kind of looking at the rest of the landscape yeah. obviously really won't be doing much basketball stuff <laughs> until uh, that's the thing about basketball. I love it, but man, it sneaks up on you now that they start the season early. It's like, all right, baseball goes to the end of September. All right, you breathe a sigh of relief. You know, hopefully you win some championships. You probably not. And then oh, you have football. Not nah, <laughs> <laughs> then you have football. Football going on, and then it's like, oh shoot, the NBA season. It's like you have no time to draft. 
you have no time to prep. So I, I that's the one thing I did. I don't like them moving up the start of the season for fantasy purposes. I like the late October better, right around Halloween, much better. Because at least I once baseball ends, then I all right, I can now have two weeks to really jump hardcore into this, and then you just don't. I just don't have the time. Yeah, I agree, man. I remember last year we were doing. I think we were doing drafts the first week, first week of October, right? So it's you know the the baseball regular season ends. You still have baseball playoffs going on. You have the NFL season. You know, pretty much you know getting into the thick of things, and then we have the basketball. You know, fantasy drafts happening uh, right then and there. First week, second week of uh, of October. So uh, yeah, I mean, look, I agree with you, man. I wish we could have uh, could have more time. I, I wish that either fantasy basketball was going on throughout a different time of the year because you're right it just it doesn't get the love that it deserves uh, at least for for seasonal because uh because it's right during uh fantasy football and everything else that's going on yeah, i think dfs basketball is still really popular and, and it makes a lot of sense but uh yeah I, I like the seasonal game a lot and i i wish it would get more notoriety but it's just never going to happen with fantasy football around yeah i do too and the problem with it though too is with all these players resting and we'll, we'll talk about this down the road i mean I can see a lot of players doing what Kawhi Leonard did. They look and go, oh, wow, you know, look at that. He took games off, and look how good he was in the playoffs. You know what? I might do that too. I think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I think it's going to completely change the landscape of, of the NBA for a while. And, and for fantasy, obviously, unless they put some kind of, like, regulations in place that, you know, force teams to have to play their superstars a certain amount. Because I agree, like, next year, why wouldn't LeBron and Anthony Davis just play 60 games and be like, we'll alternate games that we sit out? Why wouldn't they? Well, Le- LeBron for sure. I don't know if Davis because he's young. But yeah, but he's always hurt, Ronis. You know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or he's got chicks in the back. I think he has chicks in the back because he keeps going back. All right, that is Frank Stample. Find him here at FNTSY. When we return, I'll wrap it up looking at some fab results from over the weekend and lineups for tonight here on Full-Time Fantasy. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. 
The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And don't forget, hop in draft now. Fantasy football drafts are hot and heavy. Head on over to playffwc.com. We got a draft tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. A best ball draft, 24 rounds, 90-second clock, $35 to enter. Kicking off at 10 p.m. Eastern. All you do is draft your team. That's it. No waiver wire moves. You don't even have to set your lineup. No trades, nothing. You just draft your team, and the optimal scoring is taken each week. So if you draft three quarterbacks, it will take your highest score that week. It will take the highest scores of your running backs, receivers, tight ends, so you don't have to do anything. And this is a great way to prepare for the season because a lot of these mock drafts, they don't help you. People leave the draft room. People mess around. They try different strategies. Here, there's money on the line. So you, you can try a different strategy, but – you're going to also think twice about it because you're putting some money on the line and you can win as well. So uh, different drafts, price points, online championship slow drafts, online championship drafts uh, in one night. We'll be going over some of those tomorrow. We'll look at a draft, uh, an online championship draft. Uh, but there is a couple this week, including Wednesday, 11 p.m. Eastern. So plenty of drafts, different formats. Head on over to playffwc.com to uh, get in the game. Speaking of that, get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook where listeners of this show can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to $500. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-G-A-M-B-E-R, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. And I do use the DraftKings Sportsbook quite a bit. I see a little bit of a withdrawal period being in Europe. Obviously, I couldn't do it, so I have to hop back on and you know do a lot of different things. Player props. I was really heavy into the NBA. Did a lot, so going to miss that. So I'm looking at some baseball. There's some good player props that you can get, especially with pitcher strikeouts. Uh, sometimes those are way off. They don't pay attention to those as much as they do with the games. Um, uh, first five innings are also a good bet. So there's different ways to do it. And, uh, you know, once you get familiar with it, uh, it's definitely, you know, good. And you can use it at, at your own disposal. You don't have to bet every day. So it's kind of just like DFS, which we talk about a lot. So definitely a lot of fun. Let's take a look at some fab results from yesterday. Uh, I'm going to take a look at the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational uh, this is run on the NFBC format, so it's a $1,000 fab. We do it once a week, and uh, this is the Champions League where the fab has been very aggressive. I mean, no one is out of this. I mean, there's like 25, 30 winning bids every single week. So that's the one thing I like because we are at a point in the season where there are teams that are just out of it, and I implore you, anyone who's listened to me over the years, just don't do it, even if you're, like, out of it and you feel like you have no shot, still make moves. You know, don't give up. Maybe you won't spend as much time on it because you're near the bottom, but don't make it easy for other people and set a legal lineup each week. I just, I can't stand it when people don't do that. And, you know, I pride myself on being competitive in almost every league, but there are a couple leagues this year where 
I'm not that good, and I probably will not win, but I will fight it out to the end. I will make moves, and I will spend time because you never know. I've been in this position at this point of the year where I've been 10th, 11th, 12th place and actually gone on to win the league. So, you know, each team is different. You'll know. Maybe you have some injuries, you have underperforming players, and you know if everything gets put together correctly and, and things break right, uh, you can make a run. You have to understand, too, the teams near the top, maybe they have several players that are overachieving, and they're going to level off in the second half, and they get some injuries. So you're never out of it. Uh, even if it looks bleak, just don't give up. So that would be what I would say there. I mean, even the great fantasy baseball invitational, I think I'm like seventh place right now. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to win this league. Uh, I have two points in saves, and I have no closers right now. So I wasn't able to land any of the guys that emerged this week, and maybe I should have been more aggressive. But, uh, you know, I won't give up. I'll play it out. So uh, the top bid this week was Zach Gallon of the Marlins. Obviously, he came up, made his debut last week. He's had a good season. Uh, he was added for $279. Uh, that might seem high, but I believe the team that got him uh, had the most fab left. And you have to look at that. It is very important right now to look at fab budgets. Uh, it'll give you an idea. And there are a lot of people who are low. I think in my NFBC auction league, I think there's like nine teams with like $130 or less. I mean, there's just not a lot of money. I mean, people have been spending big on some of these players that have come up. Uh, so I was the runner-up for Gallon at 123. Uh, I thought that was right in the range, uh, and I wanted him because I have some pitching issues here where I lost Frankie Montas to that suspension. 80-game uh, suspension, he's pretty much done for the year. He's an easy cut anywhere. Uh, I had him in two leagues, so cut him. I had Suarez, who was sent down. I had Mitch Keller, who was sent down. So I had to make some moves and get some pitchers, and I wanted Gallon, but finished as the runner-up. Liam Hendricks, obviously someone I talked about that I got in two leagues that I wanted. Uh, I was the runner-up bid. Someone spent 133 on him, and I went 63. So already uh, two losing bids, and pretty substantial. Uh, it's not like I lost by a dollar or two, which is always tough. Then you second-guess yourself. But, hey, when you lose by uh, 100 Wow, 50 and then uh, another 70 bucks. It's like, okay, look, that team was way more aggressive and they wanted them. And maybe I should have been myself. Uh, Hendricks, as I mentioned, in Towers got for 73. Uh, Alize, Alzale for the Cubs, he went for 109 in this league. And he has been named the starter tomorrow. Uh, they might go with a six-man rotation for a little bit. Uh, and we don't know how long uh, Kyle Hendricks will be out. So he looked good in his first start against the Mets. Uh, and again, finding pitching in a 15-team league is tough. So uh, I did get him in my home league uh, as well. So I was in on the bidding on him and uh, just didn't uh, get uh, have enough to get him. But I do think he's an intriguing pickup uh, as well. Uh, I did get Logan Allen for 57 bucks. The runner-up was 34 Now, Logan Allen starts tomorrow for the Padres in Baltimore, Camden Yards. And if he pitches well, he could have a two-start week next week. So there's definitely some risk with him because he could easily be sent down. Uh, numbers in the minor leagues weren't great. Walks were a little bit of an issue, but he's definitely talented. And I think uh, I'll take a shot on him in a couple leagues. So uh, in this league, you know, I had high bids on Gallon, Hendricks, Alzale, Allen. I, I needed to get pitching in this league. So Allen uh, – 
57, runner-up was 34. And look, it, it's a little risky because he could have a bad start tomorrow and they could send him down. But if he has a really good start, uh, potential two-start week next week. John Gant, uh, maybe this bid was put in before last night. But either way, I still think he's a, a worth adding. I mean, he could close. Uh, he went for $38. The runner-up was 33 uh, Maybe that was my bid, uh, 33 I definitely had bids on the closers for sure. Joey Wendell recently came back. Uh, he went for 33 The runner-up was 4 Vince Velasquez, who I think is interesting this week. I did add him in a league or two. He's pitching at Miami. Now, it is Vince Velasquez. We've been through this many, many times. Phillies are really struggling right now playing bad baseball. And I know the Marlins have been playing better, but still... It's a park uh, that's very advantageous for pitchers there in Miami. And as good as the Marlins have played, there's still not an offense that you're scared of. Uh, Velasquez had a good start the other day, and uh, they pulled him after five. And he wasn't even uh, – he hadn't thrown a lot of pitches. And I wasn't watching the game, so I, did, I don't know what the story was. But the bullpen has been terrible for Philly. They have a lot of injuries, and I was just stunned that they pulled him. And I know sometimes managers say, hey, we want to get him confidence. He pitched well, but he had thrown five scoreless innings, allowed one hit, one run, no walks, and five Ks. And oh, I guess also maybe a factor was he had been pitching out of the bullpen for a while, so maybe he wasn't stretched out. I didn't even see Kapler's comments to see what the comments were. Uh, but either way, he had a good start. Uh, so I do think he is interesting for this week, and I did pick him up in a league or two. It's more for 15-team leagues. I don't think you need to do it in 12 unless you're desperate, but I thought that was a, a nice pickup. I actually thought he would fly under the radar, which is why my bid was four. I was the runner-up. He went for 28, so I uh, do, do think he's interesting. Michael Lorenzen, he went for 18 bucks. Runner-up was eight. Uh, he has been getting a couple save opportunities. I still think Rysel Iglesias is the closer, but we have seen Lorenzo in the mix. I picked up Adam Pluko. Uh, for 18, the runner-up was three. He has two starts this week. Uh, he is going tonight, and the matchups are pretty good. So trying to take advantage and stream these two-star pitchers if I can. He's home to Kansas City and at Baltimore. Uh, so took a shot with him there uh, in a couple leagues. Uh, Tyler White, he went for 17. The runner-up was two. White hasn't been better lately. It's been a terrible year for him, and I think we all knew he might lose some playing time, but it hasn't happened yet. He had a grand slam yesterday. So uh, he has been hitting the ball a lot harder. So deeper formats, I think he is someone that you could take a look at. Uh, we saw Jake Marisnik go for 12. Eric Sogard has actually been really good. He went for 12 bucks. Williams Estadio went for 11. Runner plus two. Then you saw a couple of speculations on some Braves pitchers with uh, Mike Fultonawich getting sent down. Sean Newcomb went for eight. Bryce Wilson went for eight. We haven't seen who they are uh, going to put in that rotation just yet. Uh, I got Alex Dickerson for three. He's been playing every day and uh, playing well for San Francisco. And uh, Eric Lauer I got for a dollar. Uh, he's actually pitched pretty well. He had the one bad start in Coors Field. Doesn't get a lot of Ks, but again, I just needed some arms in this format uh, with uh, some of the injuries and you know not knowing if Mike Clevenger is going to go and Frankie Montas. So uh, was kind of desperate for some arms this week. So uh, picked up a few pitchers in that format. So. Uh, you know, those were the. It was a lot of big pitching this week. wasn't a lot of bats. Uh, uh, Bradley was not available in the NFBC uh, for the Cleveland. He was available in some other leagues, so he'll be someone uh, that will be bid on this week, uh, especially if he has a good week. But it was mostly pitchers: Zach Gallen, Liam Hendricks, Alzale, Logan Allen, 
uh, Pluko with a two-star week. Those were the big names that went in uh, free agency this week uh, in the leagues that uh, I saw. Um, so let's go take a look at some of the lineups for tonight and especially uh, some interesting ones here because uh, there's been some injuries that we weren't sure if some guys were going to play. It looked like a couple players might head to the injured list, uh, and a couple of those guys are in the lineup tonight. Uh, the Mets are in Philadelphia, as uh, Mickey Calloway will be addressing the media shortly. It'll be Steven Matz against Zach Eflin. Matz has not been as good on the road, and if you remember earlier this year, one of his worst outings was in Philadelphia where he couldn't get out of the first inning and he allowed six earned runs. But I'm using Matz in a two-start week. Uh, second start is Atlanta at City Field, so it's not an easy week, but uh, I find it difficult to sit Matz. Lineup for the Mets, Jeff McNeil back in the lineup. He sat yesterday. He's been on fire, and I know it was a lefty in Cole Hamels, but there's no reason that he should have been sitting. But he's back in the lineup leading off right field. Pete Alonso at first base hit his 27th home run yesterday. He's been an absolute beast and got a question on the message board about trading him. And I know it sounds crazy because, yes, he could hit the rookie wall, but he's legit. I mean, the fly ball rate is high. The hard hit rate is high. And, yeah, he's going to – probably cool off at some point but he's legit i mean and the trade was basically a lateral move so i don't see the need to get rid of him at this point i mean just ride it out with him a uh, guy's been tremendous robinson cano still hitting third at second base he has sucked uh, i mentioned a few weeks ago in a question i got i think he's cuttable i mean he could easily turn it around you got to remember too at this point of the year there are a lot of guys who are struggling that are going to have good second halves if you remember where was Herman Marquez this point last year? ERA over five, and look what he did in the second half. So that's what your goal is now is to identify those players. Cano could turn it around, but, man, 36 years old, approaching 37, and he just looks bad, and he's already been hurt, and he still might be hurt. Michael Conforto in center field hitting cleanup. Todd Frazier at third base hitting fifth. He's actually a pretty good pickup in deeper leagues. I picked him up in TGFBI two weeks ago. Uh, he'll be in the lineup this week. They play by the NFBC rules. So four games in Philadelphia when a lot of teams have five games this week, including two in the first four games of the week. So I think he's someone that you could uh, put in your lineup. Dominic Smith in left field hitting sixth. Wilson Ramos is the catcher seventh. The Med Rosario at short hitting eighth. And Matt's on the mound. For the Phillies, Scott Kingery's in left field leading it off. Gene Segura at short hitting second. Bryce Harper, who was hitting leadoff recently in right field hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base. JT Romito catcher hitting fifth. Cesar Hernandez at second base hitting sixth. Roman Quinn you know, he could be a speed guy if he can get going. Health has been an issue. He's hitting seventh. Mikel Franco gets a start at third base, hitting eighth, and Zach Eflin on the mound, batting ninth. Blue Jays at Yankee Stadium. Poor Aaron Sanchez going up against that lineup against CC Sabathia. For the Jays, Eric Sogard leads off at DH. Guerrero at third base, hitting second. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left field, hitting third. Kayvon Biggio moved up to the cleanup spot. He's at second base. Rado Gretruck in center field. Roddy Telez gets a start. Against the lefty, I was going to bench him this week because I thought he would sit, uh, but he's in the lineup tonight. Freddie Galvis at shortstop hitting seventh. Billy McKinney's in right field hitting eighth, and Luke Malley behind the plate hitting ninth. For the Yankees, Aaron Judge is out tonight. Just a rest. He's 0 for 10 since coming back. Edwin Encarnacion also sits. DJ LeMay, who's been on fire, he leads it off playing first base. Luke Voigt to DH hitting second. Aaron Hicks in center field hitting third. Gary Sanchez a catcher hitting cleanup. Giancarlo Stanton in right field hitting fifth. Didi Gregorius at shortstop hitting sixth. Glaber Torres at second base, hitting seven. Gio Urshela at third base, hitting eighth. And Brett Gardner in left field, batting ninth. White Sox taking on the Red Sox. Lucas Giolito against Eduardo Rodriguez. Lurie Garcia, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, James McCann, Eloy Jimenez, John Jay, Yoan Moncada, Yonder Alonso, and Jose Rondon, the lineup for the White Sox. 
For the Red Sox, the good news is Raphael Devers back in the lineup. He was out with a hamstring. He is playing tonight. Mookie Betts leads it off in right field. Andrew Benatendi in left field. J.D. Martinez, the DH hitting third. Raphael Devers, cleanup. Xander Bogarts at short. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field. Christian Vasquez catching hitting seventh. Michael Chavis at first base hitting eighth. Eduardo Nunez in second base batting ninth. Royals and Indians, Brad Keller against Pluko for the Royals. Merrifield, Lopez, Gordon, Dozier, Soler, Cuthbert, Ortega at short. Maldonado catching and Billy Hamilton in center. For the Indians, Lindor, Mercado, Santana, Kipnis, Ramirez, Bowers, Bobby Bradley, the DH hitting seventh. Roberto Perez catching in the eighth and Tyler Naquin on the mound batting ninth. Braves and Cubs, Lester and Tehran. Schwarber, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, Hayward, Bode, Cargo, and Lester. The wind's blowing out there tonight. Dodgers against the Diamondbacks. Clayton Kershaw against Grinke. Good news here. Cattell Marte is in the lineup. So they said he would be back yesterday, but they wanted to be cautious with the groin he is playing tonight. It'll be Adam Jones, Cattell Marte, Escobar, Peralta, Christian Walker, Vargas at second, Ahmed at short, Carson Kelly, the catcher, and Grinky on the mound. The Rockies are taking on the Giants. It'll be John Gray against Drew Pomerantz in the last game of the night. So a uh, seven-game slate tonight, so pretty light, uh, but still some decisions to be made on some players. We've got to find out if they're uh, going to be playing this week, uh, especially Clevenger, Byron Buxton, Gallon. Hopefully we get some word on those guys later on today before you set your lineups. Uh, in the meantime, you can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Don't forget, head on over to playffwc.com. Hop in at Fantasy Football Draft, Online Championships, World Championship Draft. we got a draft tonight, Starter Best Ball Draft, 10 p.m. Eastern, $35 center. All you do is draft your team. Head on over, playffwc.com. I'll be back Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.